0: So me and you had uh, a discussion this weekend, and it was very, it was very late at night. I don't know why I thought of it like at <laughs> one in the morning, but just the Bellator card versus the UFC card this weekend, dude. Like, I I, I was it got me it got me mad. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, because like the UFC card on paper was pretty shitty. Like I remember. Looking at it the night of, and I was like, you know, I know what the main event is, but I'm like, I don't really, I haven't been hearing much about these other fights. So I look on the card, and I see just the names on it, or the lack of big names on it, and it's just, I don't know, I think that just led me to thinking that the UFC's quality lately, like, has just been dipping, because we were even talking about it a little bit for the last card with Sandhagen and Song, because, um, honestly, like, with that, it's the main event was amazing and the card itself ended up being pretty good but that was another one that on paper besides the main event there wasn't really that many like big names on it and this is the second one in a row there's not any fight card next week but I actually checked out the one after that and do you do you know what the main event is for that one I don't know if I mentioned it to next you next week's card it's there's none this weekend but then there's one next week oh no I don't know uh, alexa grasso versus vivian arao Ruho, I don't know how to say it. They're they're good fighters. Like I like both yeah, of them. Exactly. We're hardcore fans. Like we can like you know respect it. But God, a main event and like. But yeah, you know,
1: when you're trying to when you're trying to branch the sport out to like you know new newer viewers, people are literally now trying to get into it, you know. You gotta get them to actually watch it first.
0: Yeah, like, if someone sees, like, a bunch of names that nobody's ever heard of, and, like, that, even, like, some of the their friends who watch it and they probably don't really care that much about, it's, like, you really just have to start going back to, like... Maybe they don't, though, because ESPN, like, the way that that deal's set up, like, they get paid for the number of cards they put on, not the quality, not the ratings, so they're getting paid no matter what, which is probably, like, the reason why it's getting so shitty. But... Is it just me, or, like, over the past year, it just seems like there's been so many more cards that I'm just, like, looking at it beforehand, you're not even excited for?
1: Yeah, I don't know, it's weird, I, they really, it's like, they really only reserve, like, the genuine, like, you know, like, what could be, like, I won't say, like, pay-per-view worthy, but, like, you know, prelims of pay-per-view, like, they save (laughs) those cards for, like, when they're actually traveling,
0: yeah, like the um I think is what was it? Uh there's there's a bunch coming up that are like actually in arenas. It's the cater fight. Who's cater fighting? It's gonna bug the hell out of me. Oh no that one. That that one's in an arena. I can't think of where, but it is in an arena. I'm about to look it up. But like those ones, you're right, like they really do just kinda like stack them for those. Yeah, oh, that is actually the UFC Apex. Which fight am I thinking of then? I don't even know. I'll get back to that later. I don't want to get too off track, but it's just because the thing that I like take pride in saying, like, that the UFC is the best, is because, you know, most of the time I've been watching it, they really put out the best fights. They have the best fighters on their roster. But now, like, I don't understand how you can really say that. Like, I still think that the UFC has the best fighters, but the, the, um, The gap in between them and the other promotions is starting to, like, get a little closer, if you ask me, with Bellator, PFL, one championship, like, I just think that, you know, them cutting, because this is the reason why they do it, you know, you're getting all these Contender Series people coming on, and they're getting paid, like, chump change to fight, and so you get 30 of them, and you release, like, you know... One or two big-name contracts and then they go to like the p like tiago santos just went to the pfl Marlon Moraes is in the pfl Shane Burgos like I'm sure they were getting paid a decent amount to fight So it's I just think it's bad to let your stars go Just because you think that like your fans are still gonna give a shit because like when's the point where you say that the UFC doesn't have the best fighters on their roster because there's certain promotions right now that have fighters in it that you could argue are better than the current UFC ones. Like, we're going to get into Bellator and a couple of those people who I'm basically talking about, but even besides them, like, I think of the one guy at 205 in Bellator, Nemkov. Like, you know, he wasn't ever in the UFC, but still, like, he's in another promotion. You could argue that he's better than Yuri Prohaska. Like, you never know because they're not going to fight, but it's... I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? How about often
1: that? is it? How often is it a fighter from like a whole nother like competing promotion to come over to UFC when yeah. they're done? It's I more mean, the other way around when they're someone's done with the UFC.
0: Now uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's like that. I honestly feel like it's more evening out because like in the past it seemed like everybody wanted to get to the UFC, and now it's like almost like a mix because like you know you got guys like Chandler, um, what's his name flyweight Minel cape yuri Prohashka. they're like coming from all these other promotions into the ufc and then you got guys like santos Moraes and uh well rice kind of retired that was a little weird but i'll say shane burgos then jeremy stevens too is another one um alistair overing like i can keep going you know what i mean tyron woodley but i just think that At a certain point, like, there's going to be so many cards that have, like, all these, like, no-name fighters on them. And I get that, you know, you watch it and you build their, like, their stardom. And, you know, hopefully, like... And, you know, it's not like we don't watch it. Like, we still watch the cards. You know, we're going to talk about some of the UFC fights on it, but not all of them. Because, like, you know, we've said this since the beginning. We're not a a UFC show or an MMA show. And if the UFC is going to put out a card that we're not that interested in, we're not going to spend... 50 minutes talking about it when we don't really even want Would to. you
1: say it's Chandler, like, the last big free agent to move over to
0: UFC? Uh, was... Well, Chandler is definitely the biggest lately, but... Yuri was a big one, I, I would think. Yeah. But I think that one was kind of, like, gonna happen no matter what. Chandler, it was more of, like, a question of where he was gonna go. And then, like, then obviously he came and beat Dan Hooker. But... I'm not too you sure. Be, you've been seeing him in Islam getting a little feisty lately? Michael Chandler I'm talking about? I don't know if you've been seeing that around the internet like I've been. I saw
1: Islam say, I don't know if it was Michael Chandler in particular, but I've seen some things about. Oh, yeah, no, I think. Yeah, yeah Islam was coming at. Uh, I think Tony it was. was Champ- yeah, Tony. I mean, Michael Chandler was coming at Islam for his competition. Yeah, and, and he's then, like, bro, Islam, who yeah. you
0: fought since you've been here? <laughs> I was like, damn. Like, he fought the Yeah, and then Ali,
1: Ali had to just chime in himself, oh, dude, I, too. <laughs> oh my god, Ali.
0: Dude, he's. Tw- I, like, why is he. I wish he would just pick other accounts, though, sometimes besides Habib's to tweet, like, the dumbest shit from. Because sometimes he'll tweet shit, like, from Habib's account. Yeah, right. Like, he tweeted something from Habib's account saying that I don't think that Charles is going to make it to the fight. Like, what are you doing? Like, like what? <laughs> doesn't
1: make sense, because. Who like we as fans? You really so think up, I, yeah, I We, know, we, believe we that.
0: know how people wouldn't, wouldn't, have, wouldn't say that. Yeah, exactly. It's like it, he respects Charles Oliveira. I'm sure he respects. It. I mean, Oliveira was coming up as he was going out, and that would that would have been an interesting fight back then. But I still yeah. think be would have won because abusing that. It's
1: not fooling anybody.
0: Yeah, you could tell when like. Certain tweets are Ali, and certain ones are the actual fighter. I love when when Usman just talks about it openly. He's like, like he'll tweet something dumb from (laughs) Usman's account, and he'll literally like tweet something himself, like an hour later. Be like, oh, he get the fuck off my Twitter. (laughs) It's just hilarious. I love it. Like everybody's so aware. Maybe he's just doing it as as a troll at this point, but most likely, yeah, he's succeeding. Anyway, I. have I guess like the last thing about the quality of like the UFC cards nowadays, you know, we we're talking about and you texted me about this like a couple weeks ago and I think this is a good time to really talk about it since we're comparing promotions right now. You were bringing up the point that some people were saying that Dana White's contender series is that better than Bellator as a promotion. And my opinion, I'll start with that, I said, hell no, not even close, Bellator's got, like, I get that Bellator's had some shitty main events sometimes, and we'll get into one, but... But then I wonder I what know.
1: it is for, like, I mean, because, like, it's just that a whole lot of promotion's just gonna have, you know, by default, like, the deeper... Roster like just more names to pay attention to, divisions like everything. Where yeah,
0: and there's stars too, like Bellator's got like Yoel, know White's like contenders
1: series is literally just prospects, like amateurs coming
0: to yeah, it's basically like a regional purgatory, yeah, it's like right in the like, middle, like you're in the UFC, but you're not.
1: Like, I don't, yeah, that's like weird to me, it comes off just like just. Fanboys really of UFC. <laughs> yeah, like
0: it's just I don't get why it's just so popular. Like for someone to just shit on these other promotions and yeah, they're doing dude. like a good job too. Like and if you're a real MMA fan, you appreciate what some of these other promotions are doing. Like me personally, like I love Bellator too. That's what I'm But thinking. the PFL is my second favorite. I think the PFL yeah. is putting together some one, great shows. One two, shit.
1: obviously, I love. That, one, yeah,
0: dude, and they're on Prime Video now too, and the PFL is having a pay per view in November, which like. You know, yeah, dude, I'll do buy it. It. Why not? I'll support it. They're doing it.
1: big things.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. Like, and you, it's it just really is. ESPN has the UFC, so it's like yeah, that's gonna be put. And they have the PFL though. So, but they, I don't know. I feel like they, they could do a better you job. You had for some of PFL. you
1: had brought up the word monopoly to me when you were we were talking about uh this topic. You know, yeah, how we're gonna talk about it on here and stuff. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Cause like, I think
0: that's the way that it is. Cause I mean,
1: I just see all these other b- promotions just you know getting bigger, and it's like you know they're confused. still not even close. It is, yeah. It's it really is like crazy how the the competition's there, but it's not.
0: Yeah, and the majority of MMA fans too, like even to this day, you know they respect Bellator, but they still don't give them the same credit, like. That they deserve, yeah, like I said for Nemkov especially. Like you know, people How it's scoff like, at what I'm saying about that. But like, if you watch the guy fight, like he's beaten elite people. Like, like, like you'll he,
1: never hear any reference or just the word Bellator ever on YVC. another promotion. <laughs> yeah, the, the, uh,
0: his other promotion, he won a championship in another MMA promotion. <laughs> except Rogan, Rogan will say Bellator. Because what the fuck yeah. going to say to him? <laughs> but I don't know. It's just. Uh, I think it is like part of the, like I don't know if the UFC has monopolized it like in the sense that they're the like that there's no other competition because like we were just saying there's all these promotions that are good that any real MMA fan would probably enjoy, but the UFC definitely is more popular to every casual fan. There's half the fans don't even realize that UFC isn't the name of the sport and it's the name of the promotion. <laughs> Do
1: you think that because um, we've kind you've kind of talked about it before how. Other like one, for instance, like it mm-hmm. just does like a pretty weak job with promoting.
0: well, they stuff. do it. I will say they put a lot of effort into it. They just put too much because, like you can't post your card yeah. and then post thirty reels yeah. <laughs> and expect the card to pop up on my feed, like Instagram yeah, like yeah Bell tour is Bell tour is weird because they they promote their events pretty well, but it's like the day before. And like I'm like oh shit like Bellator is tomorrow like yeah. pretty much like what happened with this card like the past week found out about it like earlier in the week I'm like oh shit I'm like AJ McKee's fighting Pitbull's fighting yeah like Aaron is a good <laughs> card I'm like what the fuck that's what like. I think that's probably when I texted you I was like why the fuck would I watch the UFC I was like Bellator is putting up a fucking banger tonight but I think with that we could probably get into it a little bit I'll start from the top because we were talking about it a little bit but Patricio Pitbull. Uh, Friere he beats Adam Boric by unanimous decision in the main event, and, you know, it was a pretty dominant performance by him, but the thing that I kind of wanted to lean into was how he was mad at the fans for kind of, like, booing him, and, you know, he got real mad at the press conference about it, too. I just, like, I, I almost want to make a comparison to, like, other sports. Because you look at the media and you look at the fans of other sports they have a right to like voice their opinion And the players aren't gonna really ever scoff at it But in MMA like it just seems like the fighters are so sensitive about it And it's like if you haven't fought you can't talk about it But like my view, you know from a standpoint of someone who would co- be covering it I say to myself. Well, why would I not have a right to have an opinion? Yeah, I haven't fought But if I know what I'm looking at, and I can break it down from a technical level the same way you can, maybe just not like from personal examples, like what makes like I get that there's a different there's a mental aspect to it, you know, like and I'm I'm gonna defend pitbull a little bit too because I believe that a fighter should be able to do whatever the hell they want to get the win. So I'm not even saying that like it's, it's a bad thing for pitbull to do that, but I just don't like how fighters like criticize the fans and the media for criticizing their performance because if you look at any other sport that happens every day like you watch football basketball you'll hear Stephen a smith and uh whoever they got on for mad dog russo on first take they'll be criticizing the athletes like because they're watching the game they know what they're looking at you don't need to play it to understand the rules and the techniques if you know what you're watching and you've watched it long enough and like especially and you know me and you too like we've talked to like a bunch of people at this point like who have mma experience and like so we kind of have, like, a better gauge at it probably than the average person. But I just, I don't know. I don't like the lack of, like, accountability sometimes that, like, certain, like, fighters have. Because, like, you got to understand with the, with the media, for one, the media has to do their job. So they're going to write things no matter what. And the fans, like, most fight fans aren't like me and you in the sense that, like, we, we appreciate like good technique even if it's like a lackluster type of fight most casual fans want to see you know they want to see blood so like you can't get mad at the fans for like being disappointed if like that's what they were looking forward to you know but still the
1: entertainment business like as well that too um i like is it you know for every judge that Scores a fight like do they have to have MMA experience in their background?
0: Yeah, I have more boxing yeah. judges. <laughs> I say not well. I shouldn't say we do say a lot about the judges, but and you're seeing more that have like MMA experience, but like you really, I think like if you know what you're looking at and you're clearly not talking out of your ass, like I feel like you have a right to say like what you think. I still think Pitbull had an impressive performance. He put it, Adam Boris is like fantastic. I thought that he was gonna give Pitbull a lot of problems, but. I don't know, honestly. I mean, yeah. I mean,
1: I mean, you kind of saw it. Pitbull didn't really look phased at all. I yeah. mean, Bor- Credit yeah, to Boris, easy. like he knew he had to start picking it up, and like eventually you'd have to get a finish. But
0: yeah, and he's a good fighter. I guess I'm saying it's impressive that Pitbull yeah, dominated him the way that he did. And like you know, no,
1: yeah. That's one of the. That's easily one of the toughest toughest fights. Um, Pitbulls had to. Pitbulls had to go go with it yet yeah at least opponents maybe not the fight i mean you know we saw the Matt fight boris work, is but... a great opponent yeah
0: like, pe- people were talking him up going in I, josh thompson and john mccarthy were arguing about it before the <laughs> fight i was kind of funny it was almost like one of those uh first take moments but the fight itself was just you know it was all right pitbull did what he had to do to win. there's a couple of cool moments like when boris tried that flying knee and pitbull yeah. just dropped him <laughs> with it that was kind of crazy but yeah, you know, it's another great win for Pitbull. I think everybody wants to see the third fight between him and AJ McKee. And, like, with that, when you get into AJ oh, McKee's yeah. fight.
1: That's an easy transition. Oh, yeah,
0: because this fight has a lot we could talk about. Because him and Spike Carlisle put on a show for us fans. And, you know, AJ won by unanimous Stole decision. The show. Yeah, no, for sure. from the, Especially from the main event. And uh, the thing is, like you know you'll see on the scorecards you know 30 27s and stuff for AJ McKee but that was a closer fight especially in the first round that was a close round oh my god because round Tons one amazing. Spike Carlisle just comes right out the gate trying to finish the fight just winging bombs at AJ McKee <laughs> and it took AJ a second to settle in like you could see like Carl- Carlisle even got him down you know obviously I'm a, I've am been a fan of the yeah. Alpha Ginger from back in his UFC <laughs> days you know, it's cool to see him getting a big spot in Bellator. And A.J. McKee was going up in weight, too. It's I, like think it's just,
1: I think it's just that championship
0: pedigree from A.J. McKee. And just total, like, grappling skill. Because, because, like, in the first round, it seemed like the strength and the t- overall chaos of it started to affect him early and maybe the strength a little bit because Spike is the bigger guy. But A.J. McKee, like, the way he ended up, uh, I think he he got like a, either got a sweeper. He got back up to his feet and took him down. But I remember, in like he was eating ground and pound, like pretty bad. And then he got up, and then in the end, he ended up having like the figure four over uh, Carlisle's back. And I thought he might have finished it there. He yeah, was gonna I mean. finish it there. That would have been nuts. But I, I gave it to McKee, even though the round was pretty close. I don't know if you agree with that, because I think there were definitely some mixed reviews, but I think most people gave it to McKee.
1: Yeah, no, are are you talking about the round in particular or the fight? Just the first round. Oh, the first round, Because
0: Spike did really good early, like, he did a lot better than people thought he was going to do. He's almost like an afterthought. Yeah,
1: that's fair, but in the end, like, you know, Adrian McKee still took the last two rounds, and that's, you know, obviously all you need. Yep. At the end, but
0: the submissions, too, he was going for rear naked chokes, Peruvian neckties, uh, anacondas, dude. It's crazy. Like, That's what
1: I mean. Like, this is so hard. I would want to see so bad one day in the UFC is taking on some of these other grapplers. It's like, man, just <laughs> dang crazy. Baby. Yeah,
0: it, like McKee, he's really, really good. And like, I think you know, the, the first fight with Pitbull, obviously, he knocked him out real quick. And then the second fight Pitbull won it was a really close decision. And I think that this whole card was really to build a third fight in between them. And I don't know if they're gonna have like a one I think they said they might have a 155-pound Grand Prix, which is always cool. We love our we love Grand Prix me and you. <laughs> they make the sport more exciting, you know, like that's something that you will never see in the UFC. Mm-hmm. I promise you that. As long as Dane is there, you'll never see that. So if you wanna see a cool tournament in MMA, watch some Bellator or watch the PFL playoffs, honestly. But, um, the thing is McKee, like now, I don't know if this third fight, I would assume it's going to be at 155 now instead of 145, which obviously changes things. You wonder if Pitbull can deal with McKee's grappling, considering he's going to be bigger and stronger at this weight. And you wonder too, if McKee's going to be able to take Pitbull's power at 155, because Pitbull's got heavy hands and, you know, McKee looked incredible against Spike Carlisle, but Spike Carlisle ain't yeah, Trucio Pitbull, yeah. you know what I'm saying? As good as he is. And I do want to say for Spike, just incredible heart, toughness, fought well, a lot better than people thought he would, including me, honestly. I thought McKee was going to be able to submit him or something, even though he'd never been finished. But, you know, managed to survive this fight and get to a decision, so good on him, too, but... AJ McKee, man, he's a lot to deal with. And him and Pitbull like, are two guys who get shit on for no reason just because they say that they could hang with anybody in the world, including the ones in the UFC. I'm like... Even if you don't agree yeah. with that, you you're getting mad at them for believing it. Like Jesus, like people have no lives. The fact that they get mad that like someone actually believes in themselves that much, like who cares? Like if it, if you don't agree, you don't agree. Talk about it amongst yourselves. You don't need to be like an asshole about <laughs> yeah. it. But like, McKee's trash. I don't know what he must be delusional. Like you're <laughs> talking about. Like why would he not think he's the best in the world? Like especially considering all he's done in Bellator and Pitbull for that matter. And like Pitbull, especially, he's beating some real guys like Chan. I'm pretty sure he beat Michael Chandler, I think, too. So I don't know. I well, how do you think? They yeah, beat that's in the literally UFC?
1: someone in the UFC now that is a top yeah. fighter. So, <laughs> exactly. so, so I'm saying you
0: don't think I can handle him. Yeah, Doesn't make any silly, fucking sense. Silly. It, it. I will say this though: at 145, ain't nobody beating Alex Volkanovsky. I don't give a shit what Pitbull says. He can bet all the money he wants. <laughs> Volkanovsky. like Pitbull is one of the best featherweights in the world, but Volkanovski is the best. <laughs> so I, I, that's like... Maybe 155 is a whole nother ball game, but not 145. Yeah. I think Volk's got that locked down for now. But moving on to uh, another fight. Unfortunate ending with Jeremy Kennedy and uh, Aaron Pico. I didn't like that, because I'm, I'm a big fan of Aaron Pico. He's on a six-fight win streak. Great wrestler. And his shoulder just popped out in, in the round, in the first round. Yeah, uh, I didn't in, I only saw like the headline that that happened. I didn't you actually get to see that wow. one? it basically he, I think he was throwing like a hook to the body and then it just popped out his shoulder and it basically oh, from there, wow. Kennedy took him down, and like Kennedy didn't even know he was hurt. Uh, he said at the end he said he just he said towards the middle of the round though he he figured something might be wrong. He said he just didn't know what because he, so did, he just
1: dislocated his shoulder.
0: Yeah, but they were scared that he might have broken his clavicle, which is why the doctor didn't let him continue. Because he said, yeah. I sh- we should be able to pop this back in. But they couldn't in between rounds. And the doctor couldn't do it either. So like Aaron, P- Aaron Pico is a savage. He's just like, come on, I can fight. Let me fight. He's like, lift your hands above your head. And his right hand's like this. And his left's like, <laughs> he's like, I can't let you go out there. He's like, come on, I can fight. And so yeah, dude. it's just, you know, Pico's a dog. We'll say that. And it sucks that, you know, a injured shoulder is what ended up leading to the end of this fight. And, you know, Jeremy Kennedy, even, he said, you know, he respects Pico a lot. Doesn't want it to end like that. And uh, But either way, it's a good win for him. I mean, because Pico is getting up, too. I mean, that just shows how good of a wrestler he is, that he could still get up, even though he's uh, using one arm, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it just... I don't know. I want to, like... I almost don't want to take away from Kennedy, but what Aaron Pico was doing out there through the adversity was kind of crazy, like... But there was a bit of a debate, too, that they shouldn't have stopped it on the broadcast between Josh Thompson and uh, John McCarthy because I don't know if Thompson knew that uh, he might have broken his clavicle. In the end, I think it was just a dislocated shoulder, but at the time, like, watching the fights, the refs and the doctor thought it could have been a broken clavicle, so... He said if it was dislocated shoulder, it was a little early, but if it was a broken clavicle, I get it. But So now I guess you could debate it a bit because it was a dislocated shoulder, so that's been proven. So maybe Josh has a point that the fighter should be able to continue. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got to think about it sometimes too from the ref and the doctor's perspective. They're trying to save the fighter out there. So Pico can't really lift his left arm. He can't defend himself the same way, and uh, ultimately led to the end of the fight. But... Last fight I wanted to mention on the main card was Juan Archuleta versus uh, Enrique Barzola. That fight was... That was one of those fights, like, you know, most people we talk about, like, in the UFC, like, we got, like, Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler. When I saw this fight was on this card, I knew it was going to be good. Because Juan Archuleta and Enrique Barzola... It's one, one of those fight fights that seemed a lot closer
1: than it actually was.
0: Yeah. Archuleta definitely was dictating the pace. Like, the whole fight, his footwork was really good. His boxing mm-hmm. looked incredible wrestling is always looking good but barzola is just such a dog in there dude he's always trying to knock the knock guys head off and he's it was just a good fight like the whole time i enjoyed watching it yeah. it's a great way to start the main card and i think honestly like you know summing up the bellator card in total i think it was a pretty good one like even including the prelims there are a lot of good prelims on there we'll say yeah. this Prayers up to Richard Palencia. He was in the first fight of the night. He broke his leg. So that that sucked to see. But besides that, like, and obviously Aaron Pico's shoulder, the rest of the card was pretty cool. And, like, I thought it built up more hype for McKee and Pitbull because, you know, they're both coming off wins again. And if they do this 155-pound Grand Prix, we might see them again in the finale, hopefully. So Bellator 286. Definitely a really good card. Very impressed with what they stamp did. Stamp of
1: approval.
0: Better than the UFC one this weekend, and the UFC one did end up being pretty good. I will say that. You know, we were hating on yeah. it before it. I mean, I
1: don't but... even really think like we we just said it pretty much. Like it's it's not the fighters,
0: you know. Yeah, it's no. just it's just the lack of effort by the promotion. Sense? Like the yeah. clear lack of effort by the promotion. But this UFC card was pretty good. You know, uh, Mackenzie Dern versus. Yan, I think it's Xiao Nan, I'm pretty sure that's how you say it, pretty cool card at the Apex, the Zuck was in attendance, <laughs> I don't know if you saw that, that's, that's pretty, pretty crazy, good. kind of scares me a little bit, me too. But, <laughs> but I still hope him and Patty fight one day, because you remember Patty called him out.
1: What is even with that too, like, Dan just felt the need to be like, hey, so you know, Mark Zuckerberg didn't actually run out at the Apex, and then he did, and then he's still like there anyway." <laughs> pretty much like, did. he's sitting like
0: cage side dude he fucking got some nice seat dana hooked his ass up that's what happens when you're the founder of like the biggest (laughs) social media platform in the world but i I thought that was pretty funny though i'm scared that it's gonna lead to the ufc being like weird though i hope they don't do anything yeah i don't know hey he's in the mma though like legitimately he's posted like a lot of stuff he trains so that's kind of cool but oh, he trains. He does. He is a legitimate fan. He he was there apparently because he's a fan of Mackenzie Dern specifically. He thinks that she's really good and admires le- her jujitsu. Took a picture with her before the fight. Actually, probably wasn't too happy with the result though. So we'll get into <laughs> that. Yeah, uh, Yan Xiaonan she beat Mackenzie Dern by majority decision. Um, let me just double check about the scorecards. It was two forty-eight, forty-sevens 48-47s for Jan, and then one of them uh, had a draw because uh, it was Mike Bell. He gave Mackenzie Dern a 10-8 in the fifth, so that tied it up in the end. I personally don't agree with that, but I can understand where he came, where he's coming from. But just overall, what did you what did you think of this fight? Because I, re- I honestly enjoyed it. It was a pretty good main event between the straw weights here.
1: Just a nice showing of striking versus jujitsu. Yeah, Darn, Dern, Dern was the dominant one on the ground and Jan was the dominant one on the feet. And then the, with the fight, you know, being more on the feet, obviously, it's going to go in Jan's favor. I
0: will say this, though. Even with Dern, like, doing really well on the ground, something that impressed me with Jan Xiaonan was her submission defense. Like, because she was in some deep trouble a few times yeah. in that fight.
1: after losing a 10-8, too, in the second round. Like,
0: I don't think it was a 10-8. I think they were all 10-9s. It was 10
1: Oh, yeah no. yeah They're 10-9 ten.
0: Ten, shit so you would have gave it a tie then too well yeah that 'cause that because i would assume for- the way i had it scored is pretty much the way that uh, the yeah Chiro, i had, Ujian, I had, had to 10-8 all right so then you would probably end up 47-40 because yeah. the way i have it is the way the judges had it too it was or the two judges that had jan they had it round one for jan 10-9 round two 10-9 for dern 3-4, 10-9 for Jan, and then round 5, just 10-9 for Dern, and then mm-hmm. um, Mike Bell gave round 5 a 10-8, like I said. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess I, guess I could get where you're coming from, because some of those, especially that arm triangle on round 2, that was pretty deep. <laughs> like, Jan defended is that going really well. For it. But yeah. that's what I'm saying, like, Jan's submission defense, to get out of that from somebody yeah, like Mackenzie Dern, impressive. like, damn. Just to
1: get out of the round.
0: Exactly. And then that happened again in round 5 with the arm bar, like, It's just incredible. And even like her takedown defense was just incredible because, like, Mackenzie Dern's single legs were doing nothing. Then she ended up trying some judo techniques as the fight went on. Those weren't really doing anything because she was, I think Jan can kind of see it coming most of the time because she even said before the fight, and you know, at first I thought it was a little bit like cocky, but. She seemed to be right, as long as Dern didn't get it to the ground, and she couldn't really if submit her. If you can sprawl, sprawl,
1: if you can sprawl with Mackenzie Dern, then which mm-hmm. obviously is a lot easier said than done. Like you have a pretty good shot yeah. at beating her.
0: Jan's striking looked incredible too, like because Mackenzie's the type of fighter she's gonna come forward and swing for the fences. That's just the way that she fights. And her boxing has gotten a bit better under Perillo, but it's still like more of like a yeah a little, tough type yeah. boxing. Like she had a great chin, by the way. Uh, Mackenzie Dern is one of the toughest female fighters I think that I've seen on this roster because I've seen her take some ass whoppings over five rounds. Like remember when, uh, she fought Marina Rodriguez. Marina Rodriguez boxed <laughs> her up on the feet. That was a bad one. That that one made this one look like like a decent fight. Well, that, then again compared to that fight she, you know she got dominated by Rodriguez this fight was a bit closer obviously but overall like you know me and you always talk up the women's strawweight division as being the best in the UFC and I think that this fight really just displayed that again a five round war between two of the best 115 pounders in the world you know you had it, I guess as a draw which I guess I could respect you know what I mean I understand it and then for me like I said I had it 4847 yawn but after this fight, I think a fight that I would love to see is Yan Nan versus Rose Namajunas to get mm. Rose back into the title picture. I feel like that would be an interesting, like, chess match on the feet. Because their they're striking technique, both of them, like, phenomenal. So I'd be curious to see, like, how they would go at each other in there. Me too, yeah. Yeah. It's I'm, a good one. And for Dern, who knows? I mean, there's always going to be a bunch of strawweights out there, so I'm sure she'll get a good fight booked. But... Uh, Moving on to another fight on the card. Uh, Haone, I think it's heoni ha- Barcelos. I think that's how you say it, dominated Trevin Jones in uh fight versus Sin. That, that was a pretty good one. And I think Barcelos is a very talented fighter who doesn't get anywhere near enough credit. Probably because he doesn't really speak English and he's very kind of quiet as it is. And most of like his talk is like respectful. So not exactly what the UFC's M.O. <laughs> is uh, promoting good guys like that. But his jujitsu is the main thing I wanted to talk about, and like the fact that he dictated the pace the whole fight. But his jujitsu just looked incredible, and Trevin Jones is like apparently I'm pretty sure he's like an elite like wrestler. So the fact that Barcelos yeah. was able to dominate him on the ground pretty much was pretty incredible to me. But what did you think of Barcelos's performance? I don't know if you got a chance to see no, it. No, I did. His yeah,
1: fault. it's just more the same that that you saw, man. Like, I mean. Some pretty good, I think he's got some pretty good matchups ahead of him, too. I thought this was a good matchup as it was, and he ran through Trevin Jones, no problem. So, I thought this was gonna be a close fight. I it think it wasn't it's someone we
0: could, we could push a little bit. I hope <laughs> they kind of did in the past, I want to say, because he had a pretty impressive record. Let's look him up on the old tapology. <sighs> uh, because I know he has like a pretty impressive, like, resume, I'm pretty sure. He's coming off a couple losses, but he's beaten... Eh, his record in total is 17-3 now. And he's coming off two losses going into this fight. He hadn't fought since uh, UFC 270. But getting a win over Trevin Jones, like, that's pretty impressive because he's a good prospect. I know a lot of people were talking him up. But um, anyway, I thought that that was a pretty impressive performance, but the most impressive performance to me on the card was Sadiq Yusuf because it didn't look like his opponent had a fucking chance in that fight. I, and you know, I don't know if you remember me calling him out.
1: I'm <laughs> glad, I'm glad he didn't get oh that God, fight God.
0: personally. That's, Cause I think it would have yeah. gone exactly the way it went for this guy. <laughs> Dude. Cause like, that was like a car crash immediately. Like Dominic Cruz said on the broadcast and it seemed like, and when Yusuf, he got him in like the tie clinch pretty early and It just seemed like he overwhelmed his opponent like immediately. He was just throwing. It was almost like he was just trying to throw shots to the body. But then, you know, Sadiq was throwing those huge knees. And see, those knees would have dropped me right off the bat. So if you go by that, (laughs) I would have lost the fight in about 10 seconds. So... I would have lasted 20 seconds less than the, his opponent ended up lasting because that guillotine was perfect. Jumped into it at the perfect time right when he was going for that takedown and he locked it up immediately. The tap came so quick. But, I, you know, the level of competition is questionable because the fight was like booked on very like short notice, obviously. But Sadiq Yusuf, man, he's a fucking threat. And I just kind of wanted to look on the uh, featherweight rankings again because I know he's ranked number 12. But... I think after this one, give him like another step up again. I think he deserves like another shot at some of these top guys. Maybe, uh, hey, maybe rebook the Giga Ji fight. I think that's still a fight that makes sense, even with this. Maybe the Korean Zombie, if he decides to come back and fight, because I don't know if he's fully retired or not. But I think that uh, Sadiq Yusuf could make some fireworks with anybody in the featherweight division. Does he win all those fights? Maybe not but i think that he could put on a show against just about anybody on the featherweight roster maybe besides like the champ.
1: Yeah, he's got he's got like, you know, i think a wave behind him too. Like people like r- realize and notice how like exciting he is and the fact that he can hang with anybody
0: in the division. So he's not even just a striker. Like he's really good like all around. Like his striking is yeah. elite as it is. And then he's really strong, so his that's the kind of win, That's the kind of win that he needed. Yeah, for sure. And it's like a quick finish. Everybody was hyped about it. And then there were a couple of other good finishes on this card too. Uh, with I thought that it was interesting. Uh, I don't know if you met. I ended up seeing both of these fights. But Joaquin Silva and Daniel Santos had those knee KOs, and they were both refed by Keith Peterson. And like, for me, that's like the main topic of these things because. The first one was Joaquin Silva, and he hit uh, his opponent with the knee, and he landed a bunch of ground-and-pound shots, even though his opponent wasn't even really fighting back that much. He was defending it a little bit, but he was done. You could just see it. And Peterson just let him eat, like, 10 unnecessary <laughs> shots. But the thing that pissed me off about it is because, like, you look back all like at the beginning of uh, the UFC during the pandemic, UFC 249, Bro Cruz got hit with Dominic Cruz against Henry Cejudo, in case some of you guys don't know what I'm talking about right now. Dominic Cruz ate a knee at the end of round it was round two I think right round three something like that and then he, it was at the very end and it was wasn't even half as bad as that knee was and he got he was getting up as they stopped the fight. And Keith Peterson got a lot of shit from that. And obviously, Dominic Cruz said the, one of my favorite quotes of all time, smelled like alcohol and <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> Let's actually go back to that for a second. Do you believe him? <laughs> Let's just leave that out. Do you yes. believe him? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I believe him, yes. Fuck.
0: Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. The,
1: al- the, al- the alcohol may be a little... <laughs> Yeah, you it can looks just, like... When you hear Keith Peterson talk, you know. sir, are you ready? <laughs> sir, are you ready? <laughs> ma'am, are you ready? That's my favorite when he does it with the women. <laughs> ma'am, ma'am, are
0: you ready? Ma'am, I need to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I I thought it was good though that Keith Peterson ended up basically learning his lesson from the first stoppage because in the Don, Daniel Santos knockout it was almost identical the sound that the knees made as they connected. And this one he stopped pretty quickly, which was good because his opponent was also out. And I thought that, you know, I I think that's good of him as a ref because some refs, like, they don't want to, like, evolve. Like, you you know, you think of the old ones, like uh, Mario Yamasaki, you know, let her go out like a warrior. Like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's fucking crazy. (laughs) But Keith Peterson, it's good that, like, you know, he could see the stoppage from the first fight and realize like all right if this happens again I need to do it better and own- improve it that same night. That's pretty impressive to me. Yeah. So good good ref and job by Keith Peterson on this card. I will give yeah, i a never
1: questioned his ability as a ref he's always been one of my favorites
0: yeah of the cruise fight of questionable to me the the time like I do get why he stopped it because it looked little pro- the knee did look pretty bad but I don't yeah think it was as bad, bit of was crew, I just not bit of a little bit of a the, I forget exactly who Silva fought, but he he basically let that guy take, like, 900 extra shots. And in a championship fight, for a guy in Cruz, who I don't think at that point had only been finished by Uriah Faber in, like, 2008. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I would have let that one go Donna on. Donna Cruz longer.
1: only mentions the alcohol because he felt <laughs> Keith Peterson was probably drunk or something when he made the decision
0: dude i love like when Cruz talks about it because he's so serious he's like so, yeah he's it's, just like <laughs> i was I was looking at him before the fight and i was like he can't even look at me and like he says it with such conviction that you almost believe him <laughs> But best talker in UFC. Oh yeah. Most underrated trash talker <laughs> in the sports history because this man doesn't even doesn't have to raise his voice, doesn't have to come up with like the funny insults like Connor and Colby. He just fucking verbally just outwits every opponent. Like and you know, he's been lucky enough to fight a lot of guys. Who maybe weren't on his intelligence level <laughs> from like Team Alpha Male, you know? Especially that one video. Yeah, it's, Cody no wonder, it's, it's no wonder.
1: It's no wonder from Team Alpha Male. Like it's just alpha kind of. That's an alpha kind of way to go about. Well, no, no, no. I'm like.
0: saying like the all the guys he fights are from Team Alpha Male. I'm saying because like, oh, yeah. like you know, <laughs> Faber, Cody Garbrandt, and like even like back in the WEC, Benavidez. Um, Oh, what the hell's the other guy's name? I think the, Scott Jorgensen, he fought, yeah, I think he was part of Team Alpha Male at that point. It's so, the
1: opposite of anything. You guys come off a little too, like, you know, I guess just generic and, like, you know, just too tough guy. Dominic Cruz, Cruz just said shrinks them Cody. down to the side. He's
0: like, get your girl out of my DMs. <laughs> Dude, it's, he goes, oh, you talking. <laughs> I can't even imitate him right now. It's going to be me laugh. I remember, like, when at the very end, too, it was, like, after the interview with Robin Black... And then they're still sitting there, and like, he's, they're just talking shit. And he's like, he's like, come, on. he's like, come over here, then. And he's like, you want to? He goes, you want to fight? He goes, come over here right now. He goes, I'll come over there right now. He like, get my mic off. <laughs> he's like, and he's like, ooh, he's coming. You're like Dominic Cruz, like really excited. He's like, you actually want? He's like, come on, little boy. <laughs> uh, dude, that was such a great. That card was fantastic. UFC, UFC two hundred seven. I want to do a little retrospective real quick and just look at that card of what it was because that was a pretty fun one at the time. Amanda Nunes versus Ronda Rousey. Cruz versus Cody Garbrandt. TJ Dillashaw versus John Lineker. Jung Yong Kim versus Tarek Saffody, and Louis Smolka and Ray Borg. <laughs> that's, that's a throwback wow. card if I've ever seen one, right? I'm kind of curious. What's the prelims? Because this was like years ago, so there's probably some interesting ones. Got Johnny Hendricks versus Neil Magny. God, that's a fight that I completely forget that happened sometimes. Got Nico Price is in there as Brandon Thatch. That's a throwback. Nico Price. Alex Oliveira versus Tim Means. There's pretty good fights on that card, honestly. That was truly like one of the best eras of the UFC because like before that, it was the card I think in Canada when Holloway won the interim belt versus uh, Anthony Pettis, and then before that it was Conor versus Alvarez. And like that, that was just a really fun time in the UFC 2016 might have been like one of the best years in its company's history honestly, but back to the, that company, the only other fight that I kind of wanted to mention because I think that this guy is another person who just doesn't get talked about enough and I think it's because he, he, honestly he's a pretty funny guy but he's not really like much of a talker in intensive of trash talk but Brendan Allen, his jiu-jitsu in this fight versus my old nemesis Christoph Jocko <laughs> He looked pretty damn good. I mean, like Jocko took him down early, and like Brendan Allen immediately was attacking with the Omoplata and the armbar, and just was able to sweep him obviously to get on top for that rear naked choke. But Brendan Allen, like, I guess my question for you would be like, what do you think his ceiling could be like at one eighty five? Well, it's
1: clearly someone at the UFC wants to push. So I found it kind of weird that this fight was on the prelims instead yeah, right, of the main card, but. I, they were scared
0: that he was going to get jocko yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah We've, talked about We've talked about this in the past. His last fight, Christoph Jocko I'm talking about, his last fight was pretty good. It was not a bad fight whatsoever. He actually pushed the pace. But Dude. in the past, he's had a lot of fights that have maybe uh, combined in all three rounds. Jocko maybe would throw nine strikes. Maybe eight of them significant ones. <laughs> that and is so true. I don't think they wanted Brendan Allen to get Jocko that, in the yeah, main card. That, that might is be definitely
1: it. what it was then. But he got through yeah, it. Yeah, I know Brian. Yeah, that's what. That's uh, that's um, because th- this is a guy that I, I, I do think has a pretty, pretty. I would think a lot of UFC fans uh, fans would agree actually that you know Brendan Allen is one of like. Next big things and yeah. middle in the in middleweight division. I think especially, he's really good. People forget, especially who he's for some, like yeah, if this is gonna stay, if Otis is gonna just keep remaining champion, and then the challenger list just keeps getting like shorter and shorter. Like something like Brendan Allen, dude. You put you uh, you prop him up the right way, give him the right fights, and yeah. then I I don't think it would be that long until he. It's tough because you really don't know
0: what's going to happen with middleweight. And like, especially including this fight in November between Izzy and Pajero, which That's the thing. It's
1: pretty crowded up top. And then obviously you have a champion that's, you know,
0: beating almost everybody. We'll see what happens in November. That's the big test. (laughs) Apparently, that's the big test. So we'll see. But then, you know, you look in the future, though, you got Bo Nickel, who's now in the UFC officially. Two insane finishes in Dana White's contender series. And like... The second one wasn't like a bad fighter, like he was seven and one, like a good, good guy. And Bo Nickel ran through him, and you know, this is an interesting debate because right now, his wrestling is worlds better than the champions. So would that be a bad matchup? It'd be, mm, yeah. Like, you got It's it's an interesting debate because you know I'm not I'm not gonna pick against Adesanya. Obviously, because, you know, Bo Nickel has to prove it first.
1: Yeah, you can't really do that right now.
0: But stylistically, I don't know if Israel Adesanya could defend every takedown from Bo Nickel. I think he could definitely defend against, like, submissions and stuff and maybe get through a round. But if Bo Nickel were to take him down, that's a rough time for Israel Adesanya, even right now. And, you know, Darren Till came out of nowhere talking shit about him. He was, like, saying, you know, you did real good. He goes like... Because I'd like to put my left hand on on his jaw. And Bo Nickel was like, you know, considering you got mopped by a couple wrestlers, I'm not sure why you're talking (laughs) about me. And I'm like, I agree with Bo Nickel on that one because Darren Till does not need that type of matchup right now. If they gave Bo Nickel Darren Till, I don't know if Darren wins that fight. I'm being real. Because we've seen him against Brunson and even against Whitaker, you know, He's a decent wrestler, but he's not the wrestler that Bo Nickel is, and I don't know if he has the striking to keep Bo Nickel away from him, and especially with the injuries, too. You wonder if he'd even be going into the fight healthy. I don't know why Darren Till's talking shit to Bo Nickel. Not the guy <laughs> I'd want to talk shit to. Talk shit to, like, Brad Tavares or Chris Curtis or, like, some striker. <laughs> don't don't be calling out Bo Nickel. That's crazy. But Bo Nickel, he's fighting uh, Jamie Pickett at UFC 282. I like that a lot. That's a good fight for him. I think that he's gonna show out. I really do. I think that he's gonna be pushed fast. He's good, man. Like, you know, he's he's 3-0, but he ain't the 3-0 type of fighter that most 3 0 fighters are. You know, Bo Nickel, three time national champion, two different weight classes in uh, wrestling in college. And he he's one of just the best wrestlers that's ever come through the UFC. And, I don't think
1: people are realizing that enough. I think people are just looking at you right. know, the MMA background, what he's done so far. It's like Ooh, I'm They up. think
0: he's just hype.
1: Yeah, he's just hype. They'll that. find out. <laughs> They're
0: going to find out whether they like it or not. You know, you can say that this guy's all hype all you want, but this dude's going to run through the middleweight division, and he's going to be at the top. Don't know if he's going to be champion. You know, we'll see what happens. I mean, like I said, the guy's 3-0. Jamie Pickett is quite a step up from where he's at. So I think that's a good first fight for him. I think a fight between him and Anthony Fluffy for Hernandez would be a really good fight. I hope that's a, something that happens at some point. Because Hernandez is a tough-ass dude. And he's got great jujitsu And he's really good at dragging dudes in deep waters and taking advantage. Because I remember when he fought uh, Adolfo Vieira. And everybody thought Vieira was going to submit him because he's this jujitsu wizard. And then all he did was just bring him into deep water. And then he submitted him. You know, so he's beaten these tough style matchups before, which is why I think him versus uh, Bo Nickel would be an interesting one. But I think Bo Nickel is a lot better than Adolfo Vieira, if you ask me. I think he's a, like I said. I think even today he's a threat in the top ten, which is kind of crazy to think about. So great, great signing by the UFC. That's that's somebody that everybody should keep their eyes on. You know, if anybody's watching this and doesn't know who Bo Nickel is, you know, learn about him, find out. Watch UFC 282 because this dude is here, <laughs> and he will be here for a long time, barring obviously any set bad setbacks. But you know, I think this week was pretty interesting in MMA. You know, we had a good debate about Bellator and the UFC, and uh, I don't know. I guess I'll ask you this to close it out: Which card do you think you uh, you liked better? It's it's a debate. You know, on paper, Bellator one was better, but the UFC one, even with, like, the weak name power, ended up being, like, a pretty good card in the end.
1: Yeah. I still enjoyed Bellator more. It just felt more like... Felt big, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it did feel pretty big.
0: That's how I feel. I love their walkouts, too. Like, it's like the old strike And Force the fights style.
1: were really good, too. Yeah, they I were. I think every fight would have been great if not for the you know the shoulder injury of course yeah and the popscep broken leg
0: and the prelims suck too I hated seeing that it wasn't as gruesome as some of the other ones I've seen but it was obviously still horrible yeah so again prayers up to Richard Palencia but fun weekend in fights um like I said I believe there are no fights next weekend I'm just gonna be- look it up to make sure. I don't know if there's Bellator or anything, to be honest, but maybe I'll check that out too real fast. Um, Yeah, no, there's no fights next week, so we'll see what we're going to do for that. Let me see if there's Bellator, make sure. Uh, Next event. Yeah, Bellator's next event is like October 29th, so... Unless there's anything that we find out about in the meantime. I actually do know there's a kickboxing match, match that's interesting to me that I found out about today. Uh, Alistair Overeem versus Badir Hari 3. That's going to be a glory kickboxing match. I i don't know if they've said where that is going to be like broadcasted yet. I'm pretty sure it's not been announced. But that's a fight that I'm actually really interested in seeing. Because Overeem looks like he's back on the horse meat. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen him lately. But Overeem... He's been he's been taking some Mexican supplements, let I'll just say that. <laughs> and uh, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for his kickboxing return in this one. Well, actually he might have had another fight actually in between, but I, this is a big trilogy for him apparently. And I don't know much about the kickboxing history, but I'll always watch Overeem in a striking battle cuz that dude can strike with anybody yeah. on the planet. He's awesome. I love watching Overeem. But this was, a fun, this was a fun pod. I think we had a lot to talk about, which is good. It's been a little dry sometimes with these UFC cards not really putting out. <laughs> but this one, I think, was pretty good. Bellator was awesome. And, uh, you know, we don't know what we're going to talk about next week. We'll figure it out as the week goes on. But either way, we'll see you guys then.